Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. For the past year or so, there's been a spotlight on drag in the United States, and not just because of the popularity of RuPaul's Drag Race. From state to state, legislators have been introducing and implementing legislation that would restrict drag performers from many facets of life, particularly in the presence of children. It started with Drag Queen Story Hour, an organization that coordinates drag performers to read children's books to kids in libraries and other settings. When that started, I spoke with one of the organizers of Drag Queen Story Hour. I'll leave the link for that episode in this episode's show notes. But since then, the movement to ban drag and the conversation around how we communicate about LGBTQIA plus issues with children has intensified, raising many important questions. Primarily, is it legal for legislators to even do this? Is this just a culture war issue Republicans are using to boost their profile in the 2024 presidential election? And what impact will some of these laws have on particularly vulnerable members of communities like transgender Americans? To better understand what's going on, I've invited two guests on today's episode to try and help me understand the impact that this is having. My first guest is Crystal Knight, host of Newsweek's The Crystal Knight Show, who will help me understand the politics of all of this. And my second guest is Nina West from RuPaul's Drag Race, who is currently on tour with Hairspray and is known for her many affiliations with Disney and has been a big participant in Drag Queen Story Hour. Before we get started, let me just address why I'm not having a guest on who supports some of these bans in this legislation. My answer is pretty simple. Their side of the conversation is very well documented. All you have to do is read their proposals or watch their speeches on the floors of legislative bodies across the United States. But one thing that I haven't seen much of is a frank discussion on the impact these laws and bans will have on drag performers and just queer people in general. I know one side of the story, and now I need to understand the other side of the story a little bit more, and I think maybe that will be helpful for you. So, go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Crystal Knight followed by my conversation with Nina West. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Crystal Knight, hello. I'm so glad to have you on this podcast because you host a very political podcast, and that is not me at all. (laughs) I'm excited to be here, too. Thank you so much for talking to me. Oh, I'm so glad because, like, I really... So when this whole drag thing started in politics, these drag bans and the things that are happening around the country, I was genuinely confused. Even as a member of the queer community, I feel like it is not clear what the hell is going on and like (laughs) i know something's happening in tennessee i know ron Mm -hmm. desantis is doing things in florida with the whole don't say gay bill and other things that are happening in florida but i also know other states are popping up their own sort of drag legislation i know one drag legislation was banned in arkansas recently but i don't really know like i know it started with drag queen story hour but it seems to have grown from that into something else what do you think it is Well, what I really think it is, is that, you know, governors across this country and, you know, state legislatures as well, they're trying to weaponize education and draw this link between drag queens and drag shows. Mm -hmm. And it's really sinister the way that they're doing it. So in one instance, they just can't say, oh, you can't be a drag queen. You can't perform. What they're trying to do is to backdrop it against education. You know, this is not an all out ban. But what they are saying is that you cannot have these type of shows be shown to minors. Minors cannot be in attendance, even though there may be minors across this country who want to dress up in drag or who want to attend drag brunches or drag events. They're really trying to corner this market on education because education is easy. Parents are typically fired up about education. Mm. They're concerned about what their students or their children are being taught. And so that's the angle, I believe, that, you know, people are introducing this legislation through. They're trying to make it an education thing, but ultimately it's just anti LGBTQ. Yeah. And it seems, I mean, I don't know where the, I, th- I think you could go back to lots of different instances for the root of this problem, but the recent example is Ron DeSantis and the Don't Say Gay and the whole Disney situation that happened right. in Florida. And I feel like, that was, for me at least, that seemed like a, a rally cry for a lot of other discussions around LGBTQIA is, uh, issues. And right. in in Florida, with Ron DeSantis, it does feel like he's pinpointing on this for a presidential run. Or there feels like there's a larger, it feels like he's almost using this issue to broaden his base outside of Florida in some ways. Do you think that's how does in what way are these this issue impacting the 2024 election? Well, I think it's going to be a big issue next year. There are already 18 states that are considering um, you know, drag or anti-drag legislation. So obviously we have Tennessee where Governor Bill Lee has already signed this into law. But there are, you know, you mentioned Florida, you mentioned Arkansas. There are 18 states and they're not just in the South. Some of these states are Midwest or West Coast identifying. And what I think they're, you know, Ron DeSantis is trying to do, if he can get out ahead of this issue, much like CRT, then he can go across the country campaigning, particularly in these states that have already introduced this type of legislation and find like-minded, you know, voters, conservative Mm. voters who may think like him, who are Christian based. And that's not to say that people who aren't Christian don't believe this as well. But, you know, I think, again, 
weaponizing education, a slight attempt to weaponize religion as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it will play a big role in 2024. And it's unfortunate because what it's doing, it's othering a population of people in this country who enjoy this. It's othering a population of people in this country who identify as this as well. And so it's just more of the polarization that we're seeing in politics, Mm -hmm. but it's playing out now into people's personal choices because there's what if what is the the drag community done to anyone in this country yeah. that has alienated people from a political particular stance? Yeah. And that's the question that I have. Also, I mean, I'm just remembering when I was a kid, my dad took me to like a WWF wrestling thing. And that felt more violent and draggy than any drag queen story hour. <laughs> I mean, with the clothes they wore and the drama they Absolutely. had, I've seen more drama at a wrestling show than I ever have at a drag show. But I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just saying. So like. The thing, though, is so it feels like an issue tailor made for the primaries of because I mean, eventually he's going to have to have a general population or general election, and that's going to have to be a broader message. Well, who knows? The Republican Party has been doing weird things in these past 10 years. But absolutely in Tennessee, it feels very different. So like a new law is going into effect, I think, April 1st or July. I forget the date, but like it's going to affect this year. And what can you say a little bit about what that law is, what's happening there and like the ramifications of what will happen if that law is actually enforced? Yeah. So the bill actually prohibits adult cabaret performances. um, And that's defined as adult oriented performances or male or female impersonators. And it, it prohibits these type of performances in public spaces where minors could watch. So, you know, if you even listen to that, what is a that, minor? that terminology like, could watch. And so it that's that could be anywhere. That could be in someone's yeah, home. Yeah. That could be at a public facility. Um, and it's not an all, you know, outright banning of drag shows. But what it does do and what advocates across the state of Tennessee are saying is that it's affecting the queer community. It's affecting people who identify or people who enjoy um, LGBTQ experiences or shows. And so that's really what the law is doing. It's again, you're trying to use children, minors, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to penalize another community because maybe, you know, parents like, you know, like you're, like you just said, if you're a parent and you're choosing to take your child or, or have this permissible in your child's school or whatever, um, story hour, whatever it is, you're trying to force the hand of, you know, superintendents and school districts. And you're also trying to send a point home directly to teachers and to people who, again, kept, who enjoy these type of cabarets, who've mm-hmm. been to um, drag brunches and things of that nature. Um, That's what ultimately you're trying to do. But, you know, the thing that is so interesting, and I'm from Tennessee, that's so interesting about this bill and Governor Lee signing it is that there's video of him dressing up in women's clothing. Of course there is. Of course there is. And in front of students. And so it's like, what is it? And on top of that, the Lieutenant governor, governor McNally has been embroiled in scandal because he's been liking a young man who identifies as LGBTQ. He's been liking many of his posts online under his official account. Underwear post with fire emojis, which Anyone who is used, I mean, talk to Cher. She loves an emoji. Everyone knows the fire emoji means a one thing and one thing only. <laughs> but, but it's just the hypocrisy. This yeah. is the thing that I, I, I hate about my state is that 
we have so many hypocritical leaders mm. in our state who literally, you know, they have secret, you know, ambitions or secret desires, but because they are a part of the GOP, because they identify as Republican, they cannot be fully out yeah. and realize their actuality that they like many of the things that they vote against. Yeah. So many Republicans like drag. So many Republicans. I have so many conservatives. I'm from Missouri originally. And so I know a ton of Republicans and like so many conservatives actually have always been okay with me as a queer person has always I've been to drag shows. I mean, this is like this is a very new issue that feels like feels inauthentic. It feels like something to get votes rather than an actual concern that people have worries about. I do want to know for a lot of these bills, what constitutes a minor? Because I know like I mean, technically, by law, I guess a minor is anyone under 18. So what, what does it mean? Like, what does a minor mean for some of these laws? Well, I think a minor means someone that is still in high school and under. So from, you know, pre-K all the way through high school, that is how um, this bill, at least the way it's written so far, um, is defining what a minor is. And the other thing, you know, that that's challenging again is that if we have free will as parents across this country and we desire to, um, you know, share these type of experiences with our children, then who is the governor to tell us what to do? Yeah. You know, who is the governor to tell us that something, you know, is too sexualized or obscene mm. or, you know, conflating issues as it relates to traditions? Yeah. Um, and, and what is a tradition, right? What is a Tennessee tradition? What's disrespectful to Tennessee families? And those are the questions that I think really make this bill murky is because the governor is really attempting to tailor this type of bill and and really play God in the state um, and, and decide that he is ultimately in the GOP. Yeah. They are the moral compass when, again, many of them have already shown their hand to be hypocritical, mm. to have secret lives, um, mm. to do things in private. But they're saying another thing in public. It also just goes against. I mean, I like I said, I'm not political. I don't know how any of this works, but. There, it does seem to go against. I remember my AP government class, and it they said Republicans were the party of small government. Get government out of our lives, less taxes, more personal freedoms, freedom of speech, all these things. So this feels like it goes directly against the Republican Party's mantra of like, get the government out of our lives, doesn't it? I mean, am I wrong? It does. I mean, it's like, at what point are you all going to legislate every single thing about us? Yeah. You're already telling women what to do with their bodies. You're telling parents what they, you know, what can be taught in schools. Now you're, you know, weaponizing education through minors and saying that people who are free willing, you know, grown adults who have the ability to do and, and, and move about the world as they please, that they cannot do something in front of a child yeah. um, where, you know, a parent may have actually made it permissible. Mm. And so, again, it's just it's it's government overreach. Yeah. It's government overreach into our autonomy as people, into our bodily functions and what we're able to do with our person in our bodies. Yeah. And I agree with you. You know, I hear the Republicans saying that they don't want all of these things. They don't want programs, but yet they want to create these laws that literally are making us like a society of the handmaid's tale. Yeah. That impact. Well, and also impact people's livelihoods. I mean, one of the things that I've mm -hmm. always sort of been very sensitive to is sort of the plight of a lot of our trans brothers and sisters out there who particularly trans people of color who 
struggle, and this is a very Republican thing, but struggle in getting employment and who struggle with discrimination in the workplace, who struggle with trying to do the one thing that we as Americans are told that we should be proud to do, which is to get out there and work and do good at our jobs. Well, if because of discrimination you can't get a job, that becomes very difficult. And in a lot of spaces, and I just know this from just friends, in a lot of spaces, the only employment for a lot of trans-identifying people in this country is in queer spaces, queer bars, in drag, in queer-related entertainment, because Mm -hmm. there's no discrimination there, barring them from employment. And I wonder, these laws... For, for trans Americans, particularly trans women of color specifically, because of this enforcement, could then theoretically a police officer in Tennessee just stop a trans woman from like shopping at Walgreens? I mean, is that like, yeah. like could that like, that seems like a possibility in this situation because there are children there. So like all of these or even just being in a place. I mean, it just yeah. it feels very open ended. And I worry about that. Yeah, it is open ended. And what it's doing, it's causing not only further harm, but it's putting people who live their lives every single day, um, you know, as a trans man or woman or however they identify, it makes them vulnerable. And I obviously cannot identify with that. I don't know what that feels like. But imagine, you know, you get up, you get dressed, you decide to put on whatever you decide to put on and you're going out into the world knowing and understanding the fear that you are going to encounter as you're pumping gas, as you're going to buy coffee, as you're walking through Walmart, because someone in your state has created a law, but ultimately how these laws are implemented at the local jurisdictional level, Mm. it could be different. It could be different all across the state. It could be different all across this country. And so I don't think that when our legislators are thinking about creating these laws that they're thinking about the harm and the lived experience people go through to even show up as trans yeah. is one thing and to show up and then have and understand that these are laws that could further harm you that's a totally different thing that people just don't think about because they don't have to live that experience and so it is causing harm because if you encounter the wrong police officer or the wrong you know highway patrol officer who is just having a crazy day or a good day or a bad day that could mean life or death for these for these type of people and i i My heart aches for that. Yeah. You know, it aches for the unknown, the unknown about what could happen because this law will go into effect. Yeah. And I mean, and that's what breaks my heart, too. I mean, you know, I think every marginalized person struggles in in public settings in a lot of situations. But mm-hmm. particularly, I think there there should be a focus on, especially within at least my community, on what happens with trans Americans and how they are literally just trying to live their lives authentically and do the things that we all do work, go to the bathroom and have friends and family. That is literally all we're trying to do. And it it scares me. My last question for you is, so we talked a little bit about how this does feel a little bit like a rally cry for 2024. It feels like a little bit of a, a a culture wedge issue to get the base very angry so that they come out and vote during the primaries. And it makes me wonder so there's a lot of laws on the book i remember there was a law in missouri that like said you couldn't cross the street with a donkey or something on a sunday like there's stupid laws that that never get off the books right and i i hope part of me hopes 
that these laws are that, that these laws become in, in enforceable, that these laws become a joke because the police officer doesn't want to arrest a drag queen on a Sunday just going to get some work and do brunch. I'm scared that that's not the case, but do you think that after the 2024 election that this will just become a a non-issue, or is this here to stay? You know, I wish that I could, you know, say with certainty that this issue will go away. I'm afraid that it won't. I think, you know, with the election of Donald Trump, and I'm not putting it all on him, I want to recognize that there were people who felt these feelings in this way before he was elected. But I think what he's done is, is brought in a new era of laws and feelings for people who want to be discriminatory and not just against LGBTQ, but in a number of different ways. Right. And these are the types of people who are now running for office at every single level. And once you get into office, you begin to understand legislation and you can codify things. And once things are codified into law, it becomes harder to fight against it. And so I hope that this goes away because this is the most ridiculous thing. I mean, legislation is supposed to make our lives better. This type of legislation does not. This makes our lives worse. It others people. It prevents people from working. Yeah. It, it prevents people from working. It's like, you know, it's, you know, people who identify as sex workers. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Why are why are there laws that are limiting people? And this is the only thing that they have. This is the only piece of, you know, prosperity that they have to live their lives every single day. And yet we continue to try to create laws to make it harder for Americans. And I, I just, I don't understand the ethos and the mindset of many of these legislators, but I don't think, I think depending on who gets reelected, not only, um, you know, for president, but also, you know, for governors, yeah. right? Like there Local are several elections. governors. Yeah. 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 You know, those, those are the kinds of elections that really determine how our lives are lived out in our respective states. And so if anything, I hope people understand that these elections matter it's not just about you know the president being the president it's really about who is in your state legislature who your governor is um because these are the things that they have the ability to impact where you live yeah and if you're in the missouri state legislature women have to wear coats so like you know (laughs) have a dress code which is so stupid ridiculous so stupid okay well crystal you're fantastic and where can people find to hear more of you saying all of these great things yes thank you um i have a podcast as you stated or here on this platform newsweek you can find me wherever you find your favorite podcast on apple on spotify any of the other platforms i'm also pushing my tiktok page because i talk about all the things on TikTok at Chris L. Knight. Um, and I have Instagram and Twitter. Um, but if you want the latest in how I feel about any of the most trending topics, absolutely my TikTok page. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Crystal. Yes, thank you. Stick around because I'll be right back with Nina West from RuPaul's Drag Race. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Nina West, welcome. It's so nice to finally meet you. So nice to finally meet you. So 
you, one of the things that I think is so relevant for what you do is, you know, you tour with Hairspray, you're, you're affiliated with Disney, all these things. And sometimes kids are in your shows. And what's to say in Tennessee now with the new law, you being at a show doing what you do in the way that you do it in a wholesome way is not going to prevent you know, some police officer from doing some legal action against you. Like, do you have concerns about those things? Of course I do. Because really what's like my existence and ability as an artist to curate and create is completely called into question by the fact of how I choose to do my art. And that's problematic to its core. This law in Tennessee is we're looking at no more pride parades. We're looking at no more pride festivals. We're looking at, so it's not just, I mean, sure, am I, uh, am I upset that I have to really question on how I will go into Tennessee and perform in a nightclub? I mean, like, you know, with no windows, <laughs> you know, of course. I mean, that's part of the, the consideration. But I'm more concerned about the, the, the feet on the ground, the people who are there who have to deal with this day, day in and day out, who have to battle and fight with the fact that their lives are called into question because this is not a, I don't believe this to be rooted in trying to protect our children because if, they, if the GOP was generally concerned about protecting our children, wouldn't there be more restrictive gun laws in the books? Honestly, I mean, we're, t- I mean, this is very far too topical of a conversation, especially right now with the tragedy that's happening in Nashville. This is, this is far too relevant and far too topical, but this is such a misguided an attack on queer people because of their queer people who literally are doing nothing but existing where in turn if they had if they focused their energy and their efforts on more restrictive uh, uh gun laws and and how people can access uh guns and what type of weapons they can have more lives would be saved but this doesn't seem to be a conversation about saving children's lives this is a, this, that's not what this is a conversation about. This is a complete misnomer. So I don't, so I even, so even as relevant as, the, as this conversation is surrounding specifically gun control uh, and, and this, this opposition against LGBTQI plus people and specifically trans people, you know, I, I just, I just don't understand. I'm, I'm at a loss. I am at a loss. More children, more children die from gun violence every year than anything else in this country. And, and no, one's died, no one has died by a drag queen reading to a child, a child in a library. You know, so like let's, like, let's all take a step back and have some, some true, honest, hard conversations about what this is really about. And it, to me, it's, it, it's fear-mongering and it's, and it's, and it's, it's queer-baiting and, and, it's, and it's, it's putting our community at risk. Well, and it does feel like it there has been this intense because i mean drag queen story hour has been around for years and you have been oh my gosh you have been performing disney related numbers in all kinds of settings both nightclub and with children involved in in like like you know settings that were they where it's appropriate for them to be there and you've been doing this for so long without ever there being a problem i mean correct me if i'm wrong so in the past few years it seems that now suddenly there's a problem what is it? Why do you think this is happening? Because, because the people are trying to hold on to their base. This, that's what's happening. People, and by people, I mean Republicans. People in the Republican Party, specifically political 
candidates who are running for offices are trying to motivate and align a base to their cause. So the more extreme it seems that they can get, the more attention they receive and the crazier things that they can say, the, the, for whatever reason or another, they're bringing people into the fold, right? And I, I don't know where, where this is all, you know, from the Marjorie Taylor Greens to the Lauren Boebert to the, to the Ron DeSantis and the Donald Trumps, this is so dangerous because now without people taking ownership over their words and taking ownership over the truth, people who are literally trying to just live their lives, and I'm speaking specifically about people who, 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 who live their life in their own truth of, of, of their own gender expression and identity, who are being victimized, brutalized, and murdered, specifically queer people of color, uh, trans, our, our trans brothers and sisters, right? This, this is a, this is a, an attack on them and in turn on all of us. We have, but these laws are getting more dangerous and, and, and much more broad in their stroke to be limiting to, uh, this entire community. And it's disgusting and it's and aggravating. And again, I do believe that this is just a, a, a tactic with which people are trying to align, uh, uh, fringe extreme ideologies to their base you know and 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 it's for, and it's working and i think that's what's even more terrifying you know when i when i heard that donald trump made that trip down that escalator in what 2015 or whenever he announced that he was running for president i laughed i had i gave a full-on full gutted belly laugh i was like people will see through this people will see through this and here i am all this time later I, I, I'm no longer laughing. I mean, I think my laugh stopped pretty, pretty shortly after uh, he became president. Uh, I, th I think I was, I think my fear had much more set in, but now I'm, I'm angry. Now I'm at a point where I, I'm like, I don't know what else to do other than to mobilize and to, and to, and to act and to, and to, if that means I'm arrested for being in drag, that so be it, but this, but this is all like, this, and this is not isolated to Tennessee or Florida. Like these are these bills. We were just in Idaho, and the conversation amongst queer people in Idaho was, and Boise was, these bills are happening. To call your, and we were at the bar on Tuesday night, and, and a Tuesday night. Wait, was it Tuesday or Thursday night? In, in Boise, and the conversation by the show hostess was, these two bills have been introduced, you need to call your representatives. You need, to, you need to act, you need to mobilize. And I don't know if people are really taking it that seriously. And for all of those, our heterosexual counterparts who've come to our shows and come to our spaces and enjoyed our pride festivals and our pride parades and brought their bachelorette parties to these, uh, to these drag shows and drag runs, now's your time to now's the time for you to, to, to do something about it. That's what I was going to ask you. you. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So how there's so much, I mean, you know, we as a community, uh, in term, when I say we, I mean the queer community in general, have done a lot to sort of create allyship amongst our straight brothers and sisters. And yeah. I think that now, for a lot of straight people, there's a, there's almost, because there is still a separation between, you know, queer rights and understanding of queer rights, I feel like a lot of straight people don't know how they can be an ally in this period in time because they don't know the mechanisms in which they can participate in a respectful way without, you know, making it worse. So like, how would you, how would you suggest for allies to be able to 
get into the conversation about some of these drag bans and some of the attacks that are happening against queer people right now? That's, I mean, that's a really great question. I mean, like showing up for us means now showing up for us in a completely different way. I think for many, a lot of the conversation, I think maybe post marriage equality, and I think maybe you saw this as well, was oh look at all these brands, right? The 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 rainbow, the rainbowfication or the the queerification of corporate brands, right? Which we have seen since, especially since marriage equality, you know, like massive brands coming out and sponsoring pride festivals and and throwing up um, pride lines in their, in their, uh, you know, in their merchandise or in their shoes, if it's Nike or if it's Columbia or if it's Adidas, whoever the brand is, right? We've seen them kind of like have this mass capitalistic approach to what LGBTQIA uh, allyship looks like. Part of that is real, right? Because we have to remember that queer people are everywhere. So that's a, it's a tough conversation. And that's a, that we can't just, you know, in the time, the limited time that you and I have together today to talk about this, like we're not talking about all of these one, these wonderfully complicated nuances that make up so much of this conversation, right? But I have to identify the fact that there are LGBTQIA plus people, trans people working at those corporations saying, advocating for their own visibility, right? And how that in turn then makes itself known Throughout a, throughout a corporation. And I'm not defending a corporation by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I do have to identify the fact that there are queer people there who are helping make those decisions and try to do, in their minds, as a corporation, the right thing to align themselves with, to practice allyship. But that looks different now, right? It looks different than buying a t-shirt at Target that says, uh, you know, one family in rainbow colors, right? It looks different now. And, you know, so, and what does that mean? It's complicated because you're right. There's, there is an address, addressing of how do you come into our space and show us respect while also still advocating for us outside of our spaces. And I think that that does mean voting for, voting for your queer friends and family, voting on their behalf, speaking up on their behalf. But also, like in general, as a country, it means more engagement. We're all, we're all dropping the ball. You know, and that does mean having tough conversations. It means getting people, it does mean mobilizing the vote. This is not as simple as just, you know, <laughs> as saying, okay, great, you know, kind of it's a pick up and put down issue. And it is for a lot of people, for a lot of heterosexual counterparts, this is a pick up and put down issue. They're like, oh, this doesn't affect me. And in a scary time like this, there are a lot of other issues, right? The, the economy, the, the healthcare, X, Y, or Z, gun, gun control. Is my kid going to be shot in school, right? But then let's, let, let's ensure that the conversation is led the right way. And we are, while tackling this issue of hate within our country, we're also mobilizing to then address those issues that are plaguing this, the, the, the real issues that are plaguing this. Well, and what's so interesting about what you just said is I've always sort of maintained that one of the reasons why marriage equality became the numbers for marriage equality and, you know, the bipartisan support in a lot of ways when it was passed or when the Supreme Court made their decision that it came from corporate America. It was largely the involvement, I think, of corporate America out there sort of normalizing it with company benefits and with doing things. And Correct. now you're seeing and I, I don't give 
full credit to corporate America because there are wonderful activists who also made that very much possible. But, 100%, yeah. But now you have, especially before this uproar of Drag Queen Story Hour and the bans and the laws happening, there were corporate companies, and there still are. You see it all the time in commercials and television. You yourself have been in commercials for different corporate things. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. The corporate America has seen the appeal, the mass appeal of drag, so now the question is, where is corporate America yeah. in this conversation around these bans that are happening? Where is corporate? What's the role of corporate they, America now? They got to show up. Yeah. That's the, that is the problem. They have got to show up and they've got to speak out. And it's not just corporate America. And I've seen this conversation happening on my social media channels as well is, you know, God love Madonna, who has been and this is, might sound trite and simple to somebody who's listening. But as a gay man who grew up in the 90s. I'm with you. I was a Madonna stan then too. Yep. That's right. Who was was the pop star who was talking about HIV and AIDS, who was standing next to people who were her family, her friends, her dancers, who, who had aligned herself with our community at the beginning of her career for no other reason than because she believed in it. And she knew it was right and just and true. And here she is yesterday announcing that she's taking her, her greatest hits tour to Tennessee saying, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with a drag queen and, and we're not going to. And Bob and I will be there and we're going to show up and we're, and because that's, she, she's doing the right thing. And, that, and it, if it's grabbing a headline or not, I still know who that person is because of how they have acted their entire career towards our community. And they have been there for us. And, it, and for some people, like, sure, I don't know her from Adam. I don't know, I, but I do know who she has represented herself to me as, as, a, as a consumer of her brand and her product. And I think more people who have used drag queens in their music videos and who have used drag queens to help further align themselves with our community, now is the time. Now is the time. Like, like Mary Morris did a, a, an incredible thing when she, they did that event in Tennessee. She, and she talked, uh, she, she talked about how important it was for her children to be her child to be exposed to this because it intrinsically shows, you know, that's how she wants to teach her kid. That's, and so I think that's what, and so it might seem simple, you know, to say, you know, I need, um, I need Adele to respond or I need Beyonce to respond or I need Taylor Swift to respond. But on some level, it is important because we as a community have lifted those people up to say that they they understand me, they get me, they're telling my story in some way or another, or they or in turn, my dollars have supported that person's career. And I'm one of millions of other people who are like me, who are queer in some way or another, who have supported this person. I think it's okay for us to say, we need you now. And we need you to and we need you now in a different way than we did before. Please show up. And so I think people need to follow someone like Madonna's lead. Corporations should follow that lead. It's, it's a very important. And you're gonna, I understand the complex, the complex nature of it all, but there is a right and wrong here. And what is happening within our country is wrong and you need to stand on the side of it to be right. And I, and I think that is simple. There is a simple right and wrong here and there's a simple line. And I mean, you know, like you were saying, it's a simple act, but Sometimes the simplest acts make the biggest roar. Look at history. I mean, so many, so many moments in civil rights have come from just a very simple act of defiance. And so that's right. I and think, I, and I think there's going to require some, it's going to require us, it's going to require people like me 
yeah. to go and do a story time and be arrested because I fully believe this is right. And I fully believe it is just, and I believe it is true that this should be something that should be happening. Not for any other reason than the government should not be telling me, should not be making a law against my art and also my identity. And they, and they have conflated the argument to, so that they go hand in hand. And we just know, as we know this as activists and as artists and as members of our queer culture and community, they just are not the same thing. And both should be able to exist in this world equally and be able to, I should be able to tell my story and connect two people through my art form. And, and we know the power of drag. Dra and, and I can speak personally to say that drag has saved my life. When I did not find myself or see myself in the world, nor did I understand who I was. And when I was told I was queer before I ever came, when I was, I was told that I was gay before I even understood what that meant. And then I, you know, without having the words or the understanding with which to, to put to my own identity, but I was shamed and bullied and told what I was before I even, I could put words to it. Now, right, you know what I mean? And then I was dying for and looking for where I fit into this world. And thankfully, and I, thankfully I found my queer community and I found my joy and my celebration through the art of drag. Drag queens were the people that saved me, were the people who gave me a, a home, my chosen family, when my family did, in fact, turn their back up. And so many so, people have that experience. I mean, so many people have the experience of being called a, a homophobic name before even realizing you're queer. I had that. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's such a relatable thing that people... I think, especially straight people, often they don't even think about that. Well, no, because they don't, because again, there is a privilege there in your heterosexuality where you don't have to think about it. And someone's not telling you who you are before you, I mean, we are all told in this country who we should be, right? That men are, men are, you're masculine and you're tough and you don't show emotion and women are soft and, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like we're told these archetypes of what we're supposed to be. And then when we don't fit into that, we're told why we're bad. You're too effeminate. You're too, you know, and I, and I think those are things that I face. And I, you know, the rate of suicide amongst LGBTQIA youth is higher than that of their counterparts. Tremendously, tragically so, you know, and so we're obvious, we are, and there's no uproar or cause of concern to save our queer kids' lives. And this is all a part of that conversation. We, we, cannot, we cannot turn the light off on drag queens doing deep, I believe, deep outreach and true community work by, by allowing LGBTQI plus parents and their children or parents of LGBTQI plus children to have access to something that is life-saving, that is soul-nurturing, and that is absolutely providing space and agency. That is the truth. And it, you know, and again, it's even more problematic that we're putting laws on it. That's what's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Nina West, it has been such a pleasure to finally speak with you after being friends on the internet right. for many years. And <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Where can people, you're on tour right now with Hairspray. Where can people find you? Yeah, I'm on tour right now with Hairspray telling a very powerful story, I think, about identity and I think space and agency and it's a very powerful wonderful show that couldn't be probably more perfect for the time period that we're in and I'll be touring with Hairspray through the end of June uh, we're, and you can go to hairspraytour.com for all of our tour dates we're hitting Southern California for the most part and then a couple more cities after that and then 
Uh, you can also stay up to date with me on Instagram at Nina West Wonderful. or my website, NinaWest.com. Wonderful. Thank you again for taking the time to do this. I really, really appreciate it. No, I really appreciate you uh, allowing my voice to be a part of this very important conversation. Thank you for leaving me. I'd love to hear what you think about this issue and today's episode. You can find me at HL and Scott on everything. And hey, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you just heard, leave a little rating and review wherever you're listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're there, subscribe to my newsletter for the culture. It comes out every Tuesday and Thursday. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. Which is like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.